Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So much happening. So much happening. He's going, getting in. He is getting in. I had this epiphany. If you follow me on Twitter or just saw my nonsense there someday, uh, sometime today, you'll know I had this uh, epiphany that obviously Colin Kaepernick is getting in the Hall of Fame. The NFL has already bowed to this guy. Goodell has already done the one knee thing in front of the TV and said, thank you, we were wrong, Colin. Of course he's getting in. They're going to be make it part of the game. Uh, this this year, I think they're going to have like the ceremony for the alternate, like the Black Lives Matter anthem or something. Everybody will be uh, taking a knee, I assume, in the stands and in the press box and in the on the field, certainly, and in the crowds and in the owner's box and in the blimp and in the production truck and in the parking lot. I mean, this is the year of the knee. Why would it stop? And why wouldn't the NFL at this point if you're Team Kaepernick slash Black Lives Matter, you gotta put. You'd want to push ahead with something like this. It's a, it's a next goal. You never stop. You never satiated. You never stop. You go to the next thing and you conquer the next territory. And that territory has got to be the Hall of Fame for him. Who's gonna dare say no? I mean, Peter King's on the Hall of Fame commission. There's a whole bunch of people, media people in there. Media people in media circles almost always are scared to death. To push back against the socially social conscience, conscience and uh, social justice warrior trend of the day, they'll fall right in. He's going in. So we'll talk to Alex Reamer about that. You know Alex from the Jerry Callahan podcast. He works for Out Sports. He used to work with me in the Boston Herald Radio. He's had a billion gigs. He used to be on EEI WEEI in the morning with uh, uh, Kirk and Callahan as well, and. Um, he knows his sports, and he's a progressive. So I figured he's a guy you can talk to on this stuff. There's a couple of other items that uh, I'll talk to with Mrs. Shattuck. She's a, a reader. She's always reading things and analyzing things, and she has very important points. And she's she's got a couple of things she's, she's going to bring to the table. I, and I'm not doing that because I want this to be like Steve and Edie or Sonny and Cher. I'm just saying that 
that she's got uh, content that's very important and interesting. And she speaks, unlike me, she speaks clearly and thinks uh, clearly. So, what's going on in the world? Well, uh, among other things, <laughs> one of the things, this person's called uh, on Twitter called Some Bleep I Know um, is tweeting. And we've seen this since since there have been cars that have driven into the crowds of protesters, and we don't know why it's happened and whatever is going on. But there was a fatality. Listen, this 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 woman. I think uh, I think I'm never sure what to say about anybody. But um, she's got advice. This is a protester. I assume she's either Black Lives Matter or Antifa or whatever. She's got advice for fellow protesters in case, you know, a, a, a just a handy, helpful hint on how to prepare just in case a car might uh, barrel into your uh, line of terror and mayhem. Okay, so I've seen some videos online of some out-of-control cars driving into crowds and things like that. And let me tell you, this is about $10 online. It's an emergency window breaker. And it even has a keychain. So you put it on a keychain, put it on your bag, and you can um, you can rip it off in a state of case of an emergency. You push this onto their window, and it gives you access to the vehicle that may be about to hurt you and your friends. Yes. It also has a seatbelt cutter if you need to remove the person from the car. Damn right. Remove, drag him out and beat him with a brick in case he was trying to get away through as you were climbing on his car to terrorize him anyway or the person with the family. But there you go. This is what we're teaching now. There, this is um it, it, another piece of uh, just a great thing that was on last night was uh, Don Lemon who was talking to um, who's this guy Cruz? I don't know Terry Cruz. Terry Cruz has he's uh, criticized the Black Lives Matter movement, and Don Lemon is not taking it. It's so funny that Don Lemon, who's really uh, but oh very, come on I, Don, who's in. Is not a, a real, real intelligent guy. He, he's just not. He, he he can't help it. Somebody told him he was smart, and he believes it. He he's full of self confidence, and con, he can condescend with the best of them. But he's not an overly smart guy. So Terry Crews uh, wants the Black Lives Matter thing to be about more than just police violence. He wants it to be about black on black crime as well, which of course is the majority of the murders in the community. Seems like a logical thing to say. Don Lemon is not having it. I get it. Terry, you're a high profile person. You're writing things out there. You know you're going to get backlash. You know people are going to respond to what you're saying on Twitter. So I just, I don't think you should be surprised by that. I, you know, I have a, a skin as tough as an armadillo because of what I do. And I think maybe you should adapt that. Uh-huh. But oh. here's, here's what I have to say. Um, the Black Lives Matter movement was... Be as tough as Don. Do you understand, Terry? Be as tough as Don, if, as if any of us ever could. But here's, here's what I have to say. Um, the Black Lives Matter movement was started because it was talking about police brutality. If you want an all-Black Lives Matter movement that talks about gun violence in communities, including, you know, black communities, then start that movement with that name. But that's not what Black Lives Matter is about. It's not an all-encompassing. So if you're talking about, um, if, if someone started a movement that said, uh, cancer matters, and then someone comes in and said, why aren't you talking about HIV? It's not the same thing. We're talking about cancer. So the Black Lives Matter movement is about police brutality and injustice in that manner. Not about what's happening in black neighborhoods. If you, there are people who are working on that issue. And if you want to start that issue, why don't you start it? 
Do you understand what I'm but, saying? But when you look, but when you look at the organization, police brutality is not the only thing they're talking about. I know that. Uh, I agree, I'll, but that's not I, what the Black Lives I, Matter I, movement I, is about, I, Terry. Black Lives Matter is about police you know, brutality. <laughs> and it's, it's not true, Don. It's about all sorts of things. It's about a, just a an array of different things, including uh, getting, destroying the nuclear family. There's several Marxist bullet points that, that that are mentioned there as well. I mean, there's societal changes that they want. There's reparations. It's not just about that. And for Don to say it is BS, he talks over Terry Crews, uh, actor and former, former NFL guy, and it's just ridiculous. So I don't have that much more time to talk to you because we have to get to some interviews. First of all, we're going to get to Alex Reamer. And um, and then um, and then maybe Jerry Callahan. We'll see. As of now, Jerry has uh, big timed me, I believe. But we'll see if he can redeem himself. I'm not sure. Alex Reamer, though, has stepped up to the plate. Okay, so I knew when I put this out there, the idea that Colin Kaepernick would be inducted to the Hall of Fame, um, that um, that I'd get some feedback. And on Twitter, generally, it's been people calling me an idiot. Couple of people, it's about eighty-five percent to fifteen percent. Think that he won. Uh, to me, you look at this movement and it's unstoppable. Goodell, a couple of years ago, you know, took a hard stance against the Black Lives Matter movement and Ka- Kaepernick. Now he's taking a knee on TV. I just think this is a tidal wave here where it, people who don't fold into the movement. Um, it, well, I don't know anybody who hasn't folded into the movement. Maybe the owner of the Redskins so far, but across there's there there's corporate. Um, social justice um, initiatives happening all over the place. I think it's very possible that Kaepernick gets into the NFL. Uh, but so I wanted to bring in somebody who knows about sports and mm. and somebody who is also a, um, a progressive guy who maybe <laughs> might like the idea. By the way, Alex, let the record show that Jerry Callahan was afraid to have this debate with me tonight on uh, my podcast. And uh, really, correct. Correct. Jerry, who's done several tours, I believe, in combat. Would, Many, yes. Yes, would not would not come back. Jerry Callahan of the Callahan, Jerry Callahan podcast, by the way. I'll be on tomorrow morning. Alex was on today. Listen to all the I episodes. I was. Okay. Alex, away from the political, yes or no, just on the merits, can Kaepernick get in the uh, Hall of Fame? Shattuck, you know I love you, but this is a crazy uh, idea because, number one, on the merits, no, he didn't play nearly long enough to get in the Hall of Fame. He played, what, like, I'll look it up, four or five years, I mean, at most. So, so no, definitely not on the merits. And, you know, you talk about the corporation and the corporate wokeness, if you will, and how even the NFL, at least from a lip service standpoint, uh, Kaepernick played five years, by the way. I know you were very curious. Um, but uh, from from a lip service standpoint, you know that the NFL – has, has moved in that direction, but the NFL doesn't have control over the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's, it's, it's that weird system of writers from each region, hardened football writers, and they're not going to put – I don't see how they would put Colin Kaepernick in the Hall of Fame as a player. Maybe there's some sort of display down the line to – to, to, to you know to, to, about his significance and the movement and the protesting but in terms of him getting a plaque in the hall of fame uh, i don't think that ever happens well, no matter how woke well, the nfl well, says it is not as a player as a change agent so peter king is one of the guys who's a, who would get a vote um ron borges yes. borges would get a vote i think borges is a pretty liberal guy I, I, there's a whole bunch of names here I'm looking at. I don't know enough about the NFL to know if these guys are liberal or not. But but this wokeness tidal wave has has you know permeated all sorts of different uh, conglomerations. 
I mean, I just think that if you look at the NFL Hall of Fame, you've got uh, coaches in there, they didn't play, and you've got owners in there, and they didn't play. Yeah, but they but, but but the coaches in there won at a very high level, and the owners largely won at a very high level too. Con Kaepernick again only played five years in the league. He did make a Super Bowl, but just you know, and he wasn't even very good his last couple of years in the league as well. So I I just think the Hall of Fame, yeah, I just don't think a player gets inducted as a change agent. Again, maybe there's some sort of plaque and some sort of way to honor him. But in terms of him actually making a speech in Canton one summer as a Hall of Famer, I, I just don't think it happens. I don't. He didn't have the on-field success or wasn't around long enough. I mean, not even close. Well, part of the game's real estate now, during television, which is valued time, now will be devoted to a, a symbolic demonstration that really he pioneered. So he, yes. is, he is now woven into game time. You know, what he did symbolically now is woven into game time. And, you know, it, it is something that culturally you could say, or I, I mean, I'm saying I'm doing your part. You're doing my part, actually. I know. That's, what does, this is a strange <laughs> role play. What is? But, I mean, you could say, if I were a good progressive, I would say, well, this guy has brought the reality of the situation in the black community to the mainstream to a huge audience, to a mainstream, probably, I would assume, largely white audience, uh, or at least majority white audience in the United States, and has brought into the game a conversation that we should have been having for, for, for a long time. And in that way, he's improved the game for being as being a pioneer, as being a guy who... I mean, Jackie Robinson, he was actually a really good player, so it's tough to make the, the parallel... Um, but Jack yes. Robinson also certainly for a lot of Americans probably, you know, brought, I'm trying to say this carefully, probably, you know, humanized well, a, yeah. a lot of black people to Americans who hadn't been exposed or, or didn't, you know, who, who grew up in little white communities and you know, it was segregation. So a lot of people never shared any, uh, experiences probably. So for that only, I mean, do you. First of all, would you symbolically be for it, or do you just believe in the you want to keep the the thing? You know me, I'm all about the game. No, I mean, personally, I think a Hall of Fame Shattuck is always a museum of that sport's history, and you can't tell the history of the NFL and the modern NFL without including Colin Kaepernick and his protest of four years ago and the subsequent blackballing, and I believe it was a blackballing, and how, you know, this season, if there is a season, I think on week one at least, you'll see more players kneel than ever. You remember a few years ago when Trump called them all sons of bitches. Uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of players knelt, but it was still mostly black players. A lot of their yeah. white players, you know, someone put the hands on the shoulder, but not many knelt. I think this year you will see entire teams and maybe even the entire everybody in the league kneel. I, I think I think you will see that. So from a mm -hmm. from a cultural standpoint, yeah, of course. He's one of the most significant football players, one of the most significant athletes uh, in modern times. Yeah, and I don't think I, I think I don't think Goodell kneels and does his uh, thing on camera unless it's been signed off by the owners. I, I and I would also think that you'll see you know, shots of uh, camera shots now into the owners' boxes, showing all the celebs and owners and all the other. They're crap. gonna be kneeling during uh, the anthems. Oh, totally, or the kneeling time, or whatever it is. I just think that there's gonna be such a demonstration, and this if this year, if if this keeps up and the actual movement continues to be seen, 
the, the the pure part of the movement, not the throwing bricks in, in Molotov cocktails, but the pure part of the movement for you know police brutality, whatever it is. If that's seen as a cause that we can all gather around and unite around, then you're right. I would think that it would be in the stands as well, maybe in the announcers. But Romo might be doing the uh, the uh, X's and O's from the from what and the. Well, I mean, why? Well, so are we going to have? So you, so you see, they're going to have an end of social distancing then, come football season, <laughs> if, if we're all kneeling in boxes together and stands together. Well, I don't it, know about that. When it comes to the Black Lives Matter protests, you don't have to social distance. Right. Or wear that's the what. That's what we're all doing, right? All, right. The, all the gays in Fire Island this weekend, who you see getting lit up on on social media, so just said they were at a protest. Um, <laughs> uh, but what was I? I, I think that uh, the owners will have to be careful, and the league has to be careful too because let's say we do have a situation where you have a bunch of owners maybe kneeling in, in Goodell. I mean, uh, people are going to say, okay, well, Colin Kaepernick, who still we think wants to play football, is not signed to a team yet. And a lot of teams need quarterbacks. So any gesture that owners do that doesn't end in Colin Kaepernick getting a job, I think will rightfully be viewed as disingenuous. Hmm. Hey, what do you think quickly of his uh, Disney deal? Do you think you find any hypocrisy in that or no? Very exciting. Why is it okay? Why is it hypo- Jerry said this too? Why is it hypocritical for someone to make money in the United States? Why is that? It's like the Bernie Sanders thing. Oh my God, he's a socialist, so he should have known a house. Like well, AOC, I oh my God, she, she buys clothes. <laughs> I would say terrible. it's hypocritical because he was, uh, you know. He was denigrating the 4th of July and the celebration of the origins of this country and the Founding Fathers as well. But he does not mind the Founding Fathers when they come in cash form into his pocket, apparently. That part is absolutely fine with him. Main- so, we should re- so, we should, so we should reject money because, like, dead presidents are, who, who own slaves are on money? Like, what the— well, if, 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 if there is systemic racism that's interwoven into corporate America now, he is yes. a conduit to that. He is uh, cultivating that uh, systemic racism. I, I guess. But, I mean, he, he's also getting a platform, thanks to corporate America, uh, to, 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 to announce his message. And he's getting, he's getting a huge bully pulpit despite being out of the league for three years now. Look at you backslapping corporate America now. Uh, Reamer, you have... We I have. love corporate America. <laughs> I <have> don't. <laughs> All right. He writes for Outsports.com. You've got a whole bunch of other gigs. Listen to for him on the Jerry Callahan podcast. And always remember that Jerry was afraid to come on tonight to uh, argue this. And Alex uh, was man enough to come on, although having been in far fewer uh, tours of combat. Uh, yeah, where else only are you? a couple for me. <laughs> where else have, Where else are you, uh, can we look for you, Alex? You right. find me Forbes, Boston Magazine, Twitter, at AlexStreamer1. I'm everywhere. Very nice. All right, Alex, my friend. I appreciate it. Tom, always a pleasure. Okay, it is time to bring in Alice Shattuck, my wife and a guru of knowledge and political analysis for me. Right now, serving as a uh, sort of um, a uh, news uh, news um, reader, I guess. And Alice has flagged a couple of uh, interesting topics. As she does, she gives me all sorts of topics. She helps me with all sorts of things, and uh, and in this case, behind this uh, mediocre man is an extraordinary woman. Alice, thanks for jumping in. Hi, Tom. It's good to be here with you. Um, there were a few things going on today that I thought worth mentioning for you and your listeners. Um, the first is there was a really amazing open letter published in Harper's today, and. Um, the open letter is signed by 
a really huge range of people and it's in defense of free speech and freedom of thought and the idea that we can exchange ideas and disagree with each other without quote unquote canceling people. Okay, before you go on, so I had I have not read this letter, but I saw a quick snapshot of some of the names and this front against cancel culture is very starkly different than everything we're used to. And uh, why is that? Um, I think um, things have sort of come to a breaking point in parts of the intellectual community. You know, writers and scientists and some of these people are by nature somewhat revolutionary and countercultural. They have to be in order to do their work. You know, in order to be a best... Is that another way of saying they're uh, liberal, progressives, liberals? Um, it can mean that they're progressives. It means that they're not afraid to question orthodoxies, I would say. You know, and in certain times in our history, that's meant questioning the dominant religion. It's meant questioning the dominant form of government. It's meant various things. And some of those haven't always worked out well. I'm, I'd be the first to tell you. But, um, but it's also what gives scientists the ability to come up with new ideas to question, you know, for example, Einstein questioning the whole basis of Newtonian physics and coming up with new ways of looking at things. Uh, and same with writers. It takes a special kind of mind to write something that nobody's ever written before. And if you're just focused on writing the same thing with the same ideas in it that everybody else is, you can be moderately successful, but you're never going to be a huge name. And I think what's sort of happening is that um, people in these communities are starting to feel a little bit stifled by the current climate of canceling people. Well, you say these communities. If, I'm going to go back to my um, tease that these people were extraordinary because they're progressives, because it includes J.K. Rowling, Barry Weiss, who I guess is um, a different story. Noam Chomsky, he's pretty left, I would say. And Gloria Steinem, of course, she was a trailblazer. Of course. So this does include a lot of liberals, this list. Um, but it also includes some of these people who are kind of standard bearers of the quote-unquote intellectual dark web. There's a Steven Pinker's on here who mm -hmm. wrote Enlightenment Now, I think is the name of the book. Um, you know, and... Jonathan Haidt, I, I mean, I suppose he's sort of a, a liberal too, but he's been on the intellectual dark web list for a while. So, but then there there are other people. There's Gary Kasparov, who's a chess champion, who's anti-Trump, but I wouldn't necessarily describe him as a liberal. He's certainly not pro-socialism. Um, there are others. There are plenty of journalists on here. Olivia Newsy is on here. David Frum. There's, Don't love there's, her. Don't love her. David Frum I could do without. There are scientists. There's Nicholas Christakis. Um, there, there are a lot, of, a lot of different people on here, a range. And I think, honestly, to me, some of the most impressive names, I certainly think uh, Noam Chomsky being on there is a coup but some of the most impressive names are jeet here who writes for the nation and matt iglesias who writes for vox both came out and signed this letter and i think those are two of the most interesting because um they really work in an environment where this cannot be a welcome sentiment so if they're willing to stand up and say this and i know matt iglesias had expressed some concerns before when the new york times started to pull their editorials um the that free thought was starting to fall out of vogue among journalists, which is really a dangerous situation, as dangerous as Trump, certainly. And um, Yeah, the Times thing was, was stark, because that happened with the Tom Cotton editorial. 
and the staff uh, rose up and essentially protested and um and the 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 editorial the managers the the editors tried to placate them and tried to speak their language and tried to use the tools of the trade to explain to the the, the young staff that uh, it was important that they f- published dissenting opinions but it's like uh, to use something that our family would know about. It's like the you know all the young new wizards Hogwarts using all the spells on the uh, on the uh, veteran uh, wizards in the in the academy or whatever it is, and that's what happened. And now they essentially run the place. So this thing says it says um, our this signed letter from all of these uh, liberals so it says our cultural institutions are facing a moment of trial. Powerful protests for racial and social justice are leading to overdue demands for police reform, along with wider calls for greater quality, equality and inclusion across our society, not at least in higher education, journalism, philosophy, philanthropy, and the arts. But this needed reckoning has also intensified a new set of moral attitudes and political commitments that tend to weaken our norms of open debate and toleration of differences in favor of ideological conformity. As we applaud the first development... We also raise our voices against the second. While the letter calls President Trump a real threat to democracy, which they agree with, obviously, it also warns that the resistance should not, quote, harden uh, uh, it into its own brand of dogma or coercion, insisting that an intolerant climate has plagued both sides of the aisle. So let me ask you, uh, is these uh, good liberals and progressives and and uh, postmodern thought leaders now, Alice, are uh, have l- l- written this letter, this missive. I don't know if it's considered a threat, a warning, or a a plea. What do you think the result will be? Um, I certainly hope it will at least um get some of the sort of resistance wine moms um to question the excesses of the movement here because you know you certainly have true believers in this you know fire all the people who ever say anything bad about anything movement and you know who really want that but there are also a lot of people who are just going along because they think it's nice and the right thing to do and saves black lives and it's good and if no one ever questions it when the new york times pulls editorials because they're all scared then everyone will just assume that this is fine and normal and good and it's just you know part of what we're going to have to do to keep cops from murdering black people which nobody I I think everybody agrees now that we shouldn't have cops murdering black people that that's a problem (laughs) and something that we should be working against I don't think we had to be dragged to that conclusion as a matter of fact right but the idea that um, you know somehow the New York Times deleting editorials because some some other people didn't like them is in service to that cause is really a dangerous one. And I'm hoping that because a lot of these people who are extremely highly respected are coming out here finally and saying this, saying that this is against the the principles of free speech and free debate. You know, of course, it's not the government canceling the New York Times editorial, so it's not the First Amendment. But 
we have the First Amendment because we recognize that there is a principle that people need to be able to speak freely and think freely and come up with new ideas. And, you know, maybe we debate the Tom Cotton editorial piece. Trump didn't end up sending in the troops anywhere, if everyone recalls that. So, you know, the idea was put out there, it was debated, and we didn't end up doing it. I think that's a totally fine result. And, you know, a lot of kind of more uh, revolutionary liberals in my Twitter feed are kind of going, well, what do these people want to happen? They don't want to be ever criticized by anyone. And I, I don't think by any means they have a problem with being criticized. But there's a question of at what point does you make somebody a pariah? And, so, and some people have pointed out like, well, J.K. Rowling isn't, hasn't really been canceled. She's still going to be fine. No one's stopping her from saying anything. Well, yeah, but there's a reason why a lot of the people on this list are millionaires and people who are too powerful or too popular to cancel because these are the people that can stand up and say this without fear and they're protecting the people so who are smaller than them and can be canceled. There are certainly cases of people being canceled um, who are not as powerful as J.K. Rowling. And and the the people that are too big to be canceled standing up uh, makes space for those people to be able to express ideas freely also. You know, what we're trying to avoid is a situation where, you know, the Burger King employee is scared of losing his job if he says the wrong thing on Twitter. Not, we're not actually worried about J.K. Rowling's well-being and all this. I mean, <laughs> you know, because, because like we say, she is going to be fine. She's very wealthy and she's you know, safe and comfortable and seems happy in her own skin now. And I'm very happy for her. But, you know, the people on Twitter can't really get to J.K. Rowling, but they can get to you and they can get to me. So I appreciate people like J.K. Rowling making space for the rest of us to not be pushed into a box and allow us to speak truth and speak freely. Hey, you mentioned uh, wine moms. What was how? How was that? Thing? Oh, the resistance wine moms. You know, I kind of that's how oh. I think of the people, the sort of um, the liberal white women, the suburban moms that are you know for Black Lives Matter all of a sudden because it's the thing, and they were resist, and they wore pink pussy hats, and they did Jesus. all the things. Are you allowed to say that? It's referring. They look like cats, Tom. Oh, so that goes for uh, the people who change their avatars to just a black avatar, uh, white women in Wellesley and right. uh, Newburyport. The people reading White Fragility by... <laughs> On the by beat. And, you know, for what it's worth, uh, the revolutionary liberals also think white fragility is a load of junk. So I feel that I'm in good company saying that, no matter what your perspective. Um you know, but it's the kind of people who are doing navel gazing about their own privilege and, you know, have never really given two thoughts about it before. But now because it's the thing that we're all doing this week, they're all out in the streets doing the black power fist. So, you know, so so what I'm hoping is, is that the these people who are respected on the left coming out and saying this will put some doubts into the minds of the more mainstream people who are going along with these very, very radical ideas that we're seeing emerge here. Um, 
So, oh, and one other name that was on the list that I thought was interesting, because when the liberals are saying that no one who's on this list has ever been canceled, actually, nobody can ever get to them. One of the names on the list is Salman Rushdie, which I don't know if you recall what Salman Rushdie is most famous yeah. for, but it was for being permanently canceled by Islamists for uh, because they didn't like his book much and how it depicted Islam. So Right. Yeah, they wanted to cancel his life for about two decades. <laughs> yeah, he had to go into hiding. Yeah, he was so, under the... Under a, in a closet so, in London. I mean, I think that he's certainly somebody who's very familiar with what happens when you go to an extreme level of anti-free thought sentiment. So what else do you have? Is that the, did you have one other piece? Oh, yes. The other thing that I think is very interesting that has just started to crop up is um, that... Trump, our dear leader, is <laughs> he is now, according to Pompeo, looking at potentially banning TikTok from the United States. So this is huge because TikTok's kind of it's supplanted Instagram and well, I guess it's supplanted. Uh, what's the one? Snapchat. That you, Snapchat. And, and it's certainly a cool thing. Some- it's a little production machine of video and audio and music and. It is where the zillennials and young people are right now. Yeah, it's kind of. Tom was very into Vine a few years ago. That was. It's a little like that. It's a little like Instagram stories, but um, they're making uh, little videos on this. And uh, it, recently, it was in the news because it, it, TikTokers somehow got the credit for Trump's rally being poorly attended, which is a dubious reality. I, I would right. say, but. Um, But in any case, Trump's wanting to cancel TikTok actually, believe it or not, has nothing to do with TikTokers embarrassing him in Tulsa, although I'm sure that is about to be the narrative on the left. Mm -hmm. Um, What it has more to do with is that TikTok is an app that is uh, from China. And there are a host of apps from China, including like WeChat uh, as well, that that we're very concerned about from a national security perspective. Um, India has already banned some of them. um, But in China, the way it works is if you're a tech company and you make an app, the Communist Party can access your app and the data of the people in it. And I don't know that we know. The Communist Party accesses our apps. They can certainly access their own. Right. And I mean, I don't think it's necessarily clear that the Chinese government has been using that data so far. I don't know that we know that. Maybe Pompeo knows stuff that I don't. I certainly hope he knows things that I don't. But... um, but it's definitely a huge concern that you have a bunch of people running around and recording themselves and their surroundings and other people on video and putting them into an app that is essentially controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. And um, I don't know, China is an issue where the last few months, I really feel that Trump has been vindicated. I, as you know, have always been a free trade kind of person and thought Trump was wrong, wrong, wrong on China. But I kind of I have a lot of doubts about China and I'm not sure I think the whole TikTok thing is a great idea either. And, you know, I think we have a lot of great tech people in the United States and hopefully they can come up with an alternative if this is the road they go down. Pompeo didn't say specifically uh, what was going to happen, but he said, um, you know, Laura Ingram asked him if they were going to ban it. And he said, you know, he didn't want to get out in front of the president, but they were certainly looking at it. So, well, the, the easiest way to make TikTok the most uh, loved, beloved app in U.S. history on the left is for Trump to say to ban it, even though supposedly we should all be condemning China and looking for some kind of reprisal for China's role in the uh, Wuhan virus uh, situation. And uh, which has been a life changer for us. Alice Shattuck, thank you so much. Thank you. So here he is, last second, redeeming himself 
after cowering away from the debate that on Twitter right now, by the way, is tearing up Twitter. Um, the poll question is about uh, Colin Kaepernick. I think it's about 83% saying that he will not be inducted to the Hall of Fame, 13% saying that he will. That number, that that uh, will number has surged up. And at first, Jerry, I thought it was laughable that, that it would even be a question, but now it's laughable that he wouldn't make it in because the NFL is partly a social justice outfit. What say you, Mr. Callahan? I'd, I'd say that's a new uh, development, the NFL being a social justice outfit. I think you're judging it on uh, Roger Goodell cowering before the mob and they, Peter King, who's just the most uh, pathetic, you know, limo liberal, latte liberal New Yorker. I think you need uh, whatever it is, 70. Oh, actually, I don't know how many, what the percentages you need. You need someone to make the case for you in front of all the voters. And then you need two thirds or 70% to vote for you. He has zero chance because it doesn't matter how much he changes the world. I know they want to look at him as some, you know, Rosa Parks, but he was a lousy quarterback at the end. He accomplished nothing. I looked it up, you know, when you and I had a little debate, I looked it up. I don't know if there are any, uh, Hall of Famers who have made zero Pro Bowls. <laughs> zero. Uh, <laughs> Julian, Julian Edelman could be the best player never to make a Pro Bowl. I don't think Kaepernick has a chance in hell. He's 28 and 30 in his career. He's 1 and 10 in his last season. He's he, he just wasn't a good quarterback at the end. He got beaten out by Blaine Gabbert. The idea that you could get in just because, you know, you kneel for the anthem. That might be, you know, in Peter King's world, but it ain't in every, and in, 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 it's not in enough voters' world. That's that's not even close. I'm looking at these guys: Jeff Legwold, ESPN, um, Rich Goslin, Talk of Fame Network, Dave Burkett, Detroit Free Press. Press. Most of these media guys are probably lefties, Jerry. Some of the ex NFL guys probably are not. But you've right. got to think about all the pressure on these networks in the NFL and the advertisers and the fact that BLM, Black Lives Matter, has expanded you know, tenfold in the last couple of months. It's a huge organization. Why wouldn't you? Why? I mean, why? How do they? I, I would think if he needed 50 percent, you might get it. But he's not getting whatever it is, two thirds. He's not getting 70 percent. It's just I mean, at, in the end. There are enough people who would look at his football career and not care that he, you know, I mean, I know you get credit for hating America, hating police, hating the military, which he does. You get credit for that in the minds of Peter King and Ben Volan and, and many others, but you don't get enough. There's not enough, you know, America hating radicals in the NFL players, writers, pro football writers association. It's it, I have this, you know, argument with baseball, too, is every time you think you know, the social justice warriors will get their way. They want to put the, you know, the steroid guys in. And right. eventually maybe there's, there's been no steroid guys in baseball. You know why? Because of the hardliners, the old timers and the, you know, right wing zealots like me that say, screw them. The, 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 the minority is, is vocal. You know, the people that, you know, they let them all in that don't want to keep for whatever reason, Roger Clemens or Barry Bonds out of the hall of fame, but there's not enough of them. They can't, they need 75% to get, Clemens and Bonds and Manny in the Hall of Fame, and they're not going to get it. You put uh, Barry Bonds back up and Sammy Sosa back up for a vote for the Hall of Fame this year right now. You don't think that Steve Buckley votes to get him in? He probably does. Every time, every this happens every year, there's just endless columns of people saying, you got to let Bonds in, you got to let 
uh, Clemens in. There's not as many well, from McGuire and Sosa, although I don't understand the difference. They're all steroid freaks. Well, the difference this um, year, we know, Jerry. Sosa and Bonds have a certain immutable characteristic that the others don't have. Well, Sosa doesn't anymore. He's gone full that's, Michael Jackson, man. He's white right. now. I don't know if you've seen him, Tom, but he is white now. Um, they And Bonds yeah. is just a miserable human being. I don't ever understand why you want to give the benefit of the doubt to a guy who cheats, especially Clemens and Bonds. They were great players before they started cheating, but their egos were so out of control that they had to be you know, better than everyone. Bonds' story is that he saw all the excitement, all the adulation for uh, Maguire and Sosa, and he got jealous. You know, he was the best player in the game. He was, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think, three-time MVP or two or three times before that. But he got jealous because they were getting all the attention, so he started juicing. I don't know why anyone would want that kind of person in the Hall of Fame. Screw them. Then what do we? Why do we owe them this honor? Screw you know why them. you we owe only- uh, Barry Bonds that honor because I think Bobby Bonds had something to say about the Red Sox in Boston, right? Bobby Bonds was. I did a story on Barry Bonds when I was at Sports Illustrated, and Barry was such a dick he wouldn't talk to right. me. I was I hung around for a week, and I said. I'm going to talk to other people about you. And he said, go ahead. I don't care. And Bobby Bond <laughs> sat with me for an hour right. and talked about his son right in front of his son and his son. And, he, and he'd smoke cigarettes and he'd tell stories. And he was kind of a rough around the edges, but he was good. And Barry was, you know, he'd look over and give his father the glare, but his father didn't care. He was like, screw you, it. You I'm, know, maybe I'll I was wrong. You. Maybe it was Griffey Sr. who had a problem with Boston and the Sox being a racist uh, city. I'm sure Barry said something along the lines. I'm sure... I don't know about Bobby, but everyone, you know, has said something at some point in time. But Jerry, every everything has fallen in this last couple of weeks. It, every institution that we thought would hold strong has fallen. Anybody pressured any anyway has has fallen and are unrecognizable. And we're at, in the mob tears down statues of Frederick Douglass, and they've gone up to Denmark and like torn off like a mermaid statue down <laughs> you know yeah, they, they burned they burned an elk in portland they burned an elk <laughs> that's right. you know? and i thought i thought it was like the elks group you know the organization yes. my father was an elk but it was just a regular elk it was like fr- freaking deer you know they burned a deer right but, and that's the only which thing- i think is good tom shattuck <laughs> let me let me explain it to you why it's good because if it were a rational debate if it were the confederate generals and then they kind of gradually moved to slaveholders, like slave owners, like Washington and Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Then you would have some gray area, you'd have some debate. They might be able to to, to persuade the people in the middle. But when they're so irrational that they're tearing down Frederick Douglass, Ulysses S. Grant, and Abe Lincoln, then there is no debate. Anyone in the middle who's paying attention, who's remotely rational and reasonable, is going to say, I can't get, go with those lunatics. I want these extremists to do more of that, to do more, you know, burning the uh, or defacing the monument to uh, the African-American brigade yes. in, uh, the Shaw in Memorial the Civil War. And right. Grant, Lincoln, Churchill, they defaced mm-hmm. Churchill. I want that because the people in the middle who probably will decide the election have to see that and say, this is madness. This is utter freaking madness they can't think rationally my take is that's you know trump has done a lot to help the other side i mean it doesn't help when he's defending the confederate flag it certainly doesn't help when he's uh tweeting about how much he misses roger ailes but (laughs) they do him just as many favors when they tear down frederick Douglass. you know when they burn a church when they go into church and start 
kicking ass and you know churchgoers yeah. <laughs> that is a big gift to him I love, so. I love one of the blm people said to the to to the priest hey mf i'm a bleeping preacher too or something like that it was is it, it certainly makes church exciting these days church in 2020 yeah. was, when i was a kid it was nothing like that but you talk about reasonable people not accepting this stuff my feeling is that unfortunately reasonable people are invertebrates largely and so they're not going to let it happen and they're going to well deshaun jackson says stuff about jews and now larry johnson who's in the nba i guess is, is he is that his thing he was he's was. not anymore but well he's piled on against the, the sons of abraham as well it's like these guys are under the uh de blasio coaching tree uh these days it's like it's yeah i like you know it's it's right when you start quoting hitler i think you know go go for it you kind of expose yourself <laughs> I think Deshaun Watson, he says, you know, I'm not, not anti-Semitic. Well, no. maybe you're not, but you know what the alternative is? You're a freaking moron. You're an absolute moron. You're quoting Hitler, quoting Farrakhan. You're either, uh, you know, a real virulent anti-Semite or you're an absolute idiot. And I think, you know, you could pick Deshaun. Which do you want to be? Yeah, you might want to take a look around and just see how often people are quoting Hitler. And I think it's fallen off uh, a lot since the, uh, since the 1940s. All right, Jerry, uh, you were wrong about this, um, the Kaepernick thing, and we'll see. You'll see the poll numbers go up and not in your favor, and I think as we uh, get closer to the actual NFL season, it's going to become evident to everybody that this is happening. I'm sorry, you can't see the writing on the wall. Um, You know, you've got a lot on your hands. You've got the Jerry Callahan podcast. We'll continue this conversation, by the way, tomorrow morning early, very early. Why do you do it so early, by the way? I don't know. You know, I don't know why I do anything. I don't know why we do it on what days, what time, how how long. It, we're just winging everything. You want you want to do it later? I'll accommodate you. Do you want to do it later? Ooh, very nice. Uh, no, 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 I don't want. I always thought you were busy. You had you know newspapers to edit and kids and chickens to feed. I thought you had things to do. You know, I have all the time in the world for the Cala fans, Jerry. They're number one in my heart always. So uh, I have priorities. I am the selfless human being. Up here, Jerry, I come from humble beginnings, unlike you from the uh, the rich hills of Chelmsford, Massachusetts. Yeah, right. By the way, yeah, how's, how's my chicken doing? By the way, he's great. He's a very uh, astute chicken. He's a leader yeah. among the other chickens. Uh, by the way, I was thinking about that, Jerry. How great would it be if I could get into the archives of the Lowell Sun and see our in-depth coverage of that game where you coughed it up? Maybe there's is other photos. Sure. I can tell you when it was. I'd love to read that. You should find that. Maybe I'll maybe I'll write it up now. Even since it's December, December second, nineteen seventy eight. Since people are clamoring for local sports in Greater Lowell, and we've got nothing else. Maybe I'll write that particular play so up we'll again. Look it up. I will tell you that. I'll tell you everything about it. I have nothing to hide. It, it shaped me as a man. What can I say? <laughs> All right. He is Jerry Callahan. You follow him on Twitter. You're you're just Jerry Callahan on Twitter. Yes, I am. Yep. And, and the Jerry Callahan podcast. Tune in tomorrow morning, seven thirty ish. Unless I uh, I can hit the snooze button, we'll see. But uh, it is a great show, Jerry. Thank you for the last minute redeeming your honor here. I appreciate it. Thanks, Shattuck. You owe me one of those. What is it again? That seltzer. What does it uh, tell me? Uh, it's a Smirnoff seltzer, red, white, and berry. Smirnoff seltzer. It's good. It's good. Not in- too many. Not too many calories, right? No, 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 no. Jerry, do you think, uh, I mean, obviously healthy living is right up there for me. You can tell it, it, it is um, very few calories. No, it's a very, it's a skinny person's beer. There's how many calories? Is there 90 calories per? All right. You know, I'm so in. 90 plus times 15 and <laughs> whatever that is. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's a work night. We'll stick. <laughs> see you later, Jerry. Thank you. All right. See you, Shattuck.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 